Well, hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week is part three on our series on building an online business. And this week we are talking about finding your audience. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are all doing well with everything going on in the world, as I've been saying a lot lately when I start out podcast episodes. Um, But seriously, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, stress and stuff going on. So um, just wishing you well and uh, hoping things are going well for your business, whether it's an online business or whether you're just looking to shift online. So yeah, this week's episode on building an audience is actually, I would say the most important episode of the four episodes in this series. It's not to say that, you know, earlier episodes weren't important. It's definitely important to determine whether or not online business is right for you, which is episode one. And episode two, of course, is all about finding your business idea. And that is really, really important as well. But episode three, today's episode, talking about finding your audience, that is the absolute most crucial part of the pe- of the puzzle, not just part of the piece, but part of the puzzle. Um, so let's dive into this topic. So yeah, at the end of last week's episode, I said that my biggest takeaway when when finding your right product or service idea for your online business is that you shouldn't try to sell something just because it sounds cool or it's a hobby you love or because your friend was able to make top dollar doing it, right? You should do it because number one, you honestly want to, very important, and number two, people, not just a few friends or your mom or you know your best friend or whoever, have made it clear to you that they are interested in your idea and want to actually pay you for it. So this week, I really want to focus on that second part, as we said, finding an audience of people willing to give you money. Now, back when you were working face to face with people, you might have called this your client base, right? In massage therapy, certainly that was a common term. It's something we talk about building your client base for your private practice. It's the same, I'm sure, with most uh, health and wellness people, whether you're an acupuncturist or yoga teacher or whatever. You're thinking about building a client base, people who you know will come to you regularly for treatment or classes or whatever it is that you have to offer. Now, doing it for an online business is much the same, only you're working with people behind a computer screen rather than, you know, on a massage table or a yoga mat or in an office or whatever environment you worked in. So then, how do you find those people interested in your product or service who especially want to actually pay you for it? How do you establish a relationship so they'll want to get to know you and eventually make a purchase or book a class or, you know, whatever it is that you have that you're offering online? What's the best way to do that? So as usual, I'm, I'm sort of pulling back the curtain here and taking a step back rather than just saying outright, um, you know, do this, do X and you'll have success because it doesn't quite work that way. You kind of have to know a little bit about why you're doing X. Otherwise, you're kind of just doing something by rote and it's not going to work so well for the, you know, the ultimate success of your business. 
So let's clarify something, something really important, um, because it's something a lot of small business owners, not just health and wellness people like you, lots of small business owners and even bigger business owners get confused about. And that is having an audience is not about finding social media followers. Now, social media is great for some things. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying social media needs to go away or anything like that. Well, there might be times when it needs to go away. Anyone who's been following some of the uh, world events might might kind of feel like they want to leave social media permanently at times. I, it, it can be a sticky, tricky place at times. But I did an entire series last year on social media because I know it's a good tool for business owners to get their name out there and get bookings or sales, right? Health and wellness businesses are no different with this. However, social media followers are not the same thing as having a business. Many people get really caught up in getting like their Instagram to a thousand or 10,000 or whatever number that they're thinking about or giving, you know, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube because that's when you get your, I think it's your silver play button at the 100,000 subscribers. If you're a YouTube fan, you, you know about that, right? People often put that as like their first big goal. But those metrics don't really pay the bills, do they? You know, at least not much. You know, if you're on YouTube, you might get a little bit of ad AdSense revenue. Um, if you have a big enough social media following, like maybe you get some free product from companies every so often in exchange for making a post about them. But, uh, you know, ultimately having a lots of followers on social media is not going to actually pay your bills. There are lots of stories out there of people who did a lot of work building up a social media following on their platform of choice, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. And when they finally decided to sell merch or promote a product or a business that they, they were working on, very few people bought. And I'm talking about people with really large, like millions of followers even. That's the thing, right? Just because someone hits like on your posts or is willing to follow you and increase your follower count or even leaves a comment on a post or, you know, uh, whatever it is that you've posted, a video, whatever, it doesn't mean they'd actually be willing to pay you money for something. Follower metrics do not a business make. No matter how much we li might like those metrics, no matter how many articles online have been published about, you know, how to increase your followers, how to, how to uh, get 10,000 followers on Instagram, you know, uh, should you buy followers, should you not buy followers? It's something people talk about, but ultimately it doesn't matter how many followers you have, they might not buy. Followers does not make a business. You need to have a solid product or service first, and you need to have people willing to pay for that product or service, not just click like or leave you a heart emoji, right? So the same applies to any sort of free thing that you put out there. Like say you offer free ebook or a free Facebook group people can join, you know? Um, I've seen a lot of people doing that recently, a Facebook challenge group that's free, um, a free mini course, heck, Let's be real here. This podcast, this free podcast is also an example of this. So let's talk about that a moment because I know podcasts are super popular right now. I've seen a lot more people over the last year, especially over the last six months with the pandemic, um, create podcasts. And you might even have thought of it as a business idea of sorts. So here's the thing for you all. I like to be really honest about these things. I've gained very few clients from this platform. 
it's an awesome adjunct to what I do, my, my business. And I do accept sponsors if they are the right fit. So it does earn me some income sometimes. But podcast listeners in the tens of thousands, which is what I have over the last few years, does not make the podcast itself a business. I'm Now, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to do it. I'm really happy you're here. I appreciate every single listener, every single comment, every single email I get about this podcast. Please don't misunderstand me. This is not me saying that I'm frustrated at all. I, I very much appreciate all my listeners. But I just want to be super transparent with you all about these kinds of free things and when it comes to your income. It's something you need to be aware of, especially as an online business owner. They're great marketing tools. They're great ways to get information out to people. They're great ways to meet people sometimes. Um, But they're not a business in and of themselves. My podcast is not a business. My business is Happy Little Biz. It is a web design and marketing studio with a employee count of one, aka me. (laughs) So in order to have a business, there needs to be an exchange of money. I hope I hope I've made that clear here. Otherwise, it's just a like sometimes expensive and time consuming hobby or like I said, an adjunct to your business. Because that's the thing about free stuff. Even if you have 200 people sign up to get your free thing, like your free Facebook group or whatever it is, If not a single one is willing to pay you for your services or your products, well, you need to rethink that, right? Why are you spending so much time on this free group when none of these people are going to be willing to buy the product that you you plan to promote within the group? It's great to have fans and followers and listeners and, you know, watchers and all those things. It's totally fine to find people who would like that free content. I do the same thing. I I often sign up for email lists just for the free content, you know, where I listen to podcasts, which are free. I listen to quite a few podcasts these days. But here's the thing. You right now are focusing on building an online business. So the best tool for building an online business is not social media and it's not like creating a free podcast or creating a f- free Facebook group, or all those things. So what's the best tool then? Well, it might feel old fashioned in comparison to say like TikTok or Instagram stories or whatever, but honestly, it's an email list. Someone who is willing to give you their email address and sign up to receive emails is way more likely to actually want to buy something from you down the road. The inbox is kind of a bit more personal than like a social media feed. I can tell you honestly that I belong to a fair number of email lists. And the businesses are all ones that I'm actually interested in purchasing from, potentially. I'm not saying I always purchase from them, but I'm, I'm genuinely interested in. And here's the thing, I always end up unsubscribing from anything that doesn't feel like a good fit, or I'm not really reading the emails, that kind of thing. I'm much more picky about what emails I get than who I follow on social media. Now, in general, of course, I I have some great people who I've interacted with on um, Instagram, for example, on both my business account and my personal account. I do really enjoy and appreciate and respect those relationships that I have built. I've met some really great people online, but ultimately, I do follow way more people than I subscribe to emails, right? I have way more 
you know, accounts in my uh, following list on Instagram, on other platforms, Twitter, etc. Then I have email lists I am willing to sign up for. And most people are the same. Most people are more than willing to follow like thousands of, of Instagram accounts, hundreds or thousands, for example. But would they sign up for that many email lists? Absolutely not. They only sign up for an email list if it interests them enough to be willing to actually receive emails from the business. This is what we call a warm lead in the industry. They might not only be a lukewarm lead. Sure, they might only just sort of kind of be interested because they signed up because you offered, you know, you or whoever it is offered a free guide or a mini course or whatever. But that is still better than someone scrolling by on Facebook and, you know, barely even interacting. The other thing about email is that when people read their email, it tends to be a bit more business focused. I mean, not necessarily you might be replying to something from your your best friend or your mom or whoever, but email has kind of a business tone to it a lot of the times. Whereas when you're on social media, that's the thing is even though you're interacting with businesses often, there's also a huge social component to it. So often when people are scrolling through Instagram or whatever, they're not in the mindset of like, hey, I want to buy something right now. They're usually in the mindset of like, you know, hey, uh, let's look at some cute photos or hey, how's my how's my running friends doing this week? I haven't seen them in six months because of the silly pandemic or hey, how, you know, so I'm saying silly because I would like to say stronger words, but let's keep this clean, folks. Um, but yeah, you know, people going through their social media feeds are not usually in a business mind. They're very much focused on, you know, having fun or a quick social interaction or just hitting like a few times or whatever, and then getting the heck out of, out of Dodge and back to, you know, back to the other things that they need to get done. So social media is not the same as an email list and email is a lot more effective. So okay, then how do you find the people to go on your email list? How do you get subscribers, right? Um, I know that's not easy because, again, like we said, people are more willing to follow someone on Instagram than they are to sign up for an email list, generally speaking. So remember how we said in an earlier episode that the product or service or online course or whatever it is, whatever your new online business is going to be, it has to be something that people actually need. That people actually said, oh, hey, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. I potentially want to buy from you you know, uh, doing that research? Well, who are those people who said that they were interested in your product or service? Now, I obviously don't ex specifically mean their names. I mean, that's good too, if you know some specific people that you can follow up with. But I mean, in a general sense, who are those people? Are they busy office workers in, the, in your city who are super stressed out with everything going on? Are they parents trying to juggle family and work, especially now that they're working from home? Are they people big into fitness who are now trying to figure out how to fit it in from home now that like gyms are closed or restricted? Um, are they people with pets? And so on. I think you get the idea. What's the broad category of people? If you don't really know who your product or service idea is really for, you probably need to go back to the drawing board to clarify and refine your idea. And if you're saying to yourself, well, you know, but Candace, everybody can use my product. It's something of wide interest, you know, like why wouldn't lots of people want this? You also need to refine your idea. Because just like with in-person services, your online business needs to have a clear audience or so-called niche. 
Sure, it might be something with wide appeal, like we just said. It might be like, say, a tool to help people clean their house more effectively or a course about organizing closets to get the most out of a small space like a condo now that you've had to add a desk because you're working from home. Lots of people could be potentially interested. Lots of different types of people. The parents, the the office workers, all different, you know, uh, students. Lots of people could potentially be interested in your product. As most people need, you know, to clean their house or tidy or those sorts of things, right? But let's be real. Not every single person on the planet is going to be interested. So you need to figure out who exactly is most interested in your product or your service. You know, I'm using product here. But this also definitely, definitely applies if you are in online service. Same thing here in terms of how we apply this. So let me talk about an example here. And, you know, this might kind of make people go Ugh, when they when they hear it. But do you remember those sexist ads for cleaning products that targeted women? I mean, there have been some even semi recently, but I grew up in mostly the 80s and early 90s. And uh, I remember specifically like ads for cleaning products that strongly targeted women and those really drove me nuts because even as a kid I was like well my dad does dishes too why is this dish show supposedly just for women (laughs) well here's the thing the marketing firms who put together those ads knew that women made most of the buying decisions for their households and cleaning products so they weren't exactly wrong to target women now I'm not saying we should all go and create sexist marketing campaigns or campaigns that don't respect the fact that there are non-binary people or transgender people or, you know, people of other identities in the world. But I am saying, this is the important part, you should do your research. And those ads are very memorable for a reason, you know. But do your research. Figure out what group of people is most in need or most interested in your product or service, the online thing that you are creating. And they are most likely to make a purchase. And then you can focus on targeting those people with getting onto your email list. So I assume most of you are not going to be creating like a sexist dish soap. Let's call it the sexist dish soap or the the disrespectful dish soap. But the idea is the same here. I hope I hope you understand that. Who needs the thing you have to offer and, you know, who's going to actually pay for it, right? So, okay, once you know who those people are, you have to figure out how to find them and how to get them on your email list. Well, where to find them, that depends. So, for example, if you want to target parents, they might be on parenting Facebook groups or Instagram. With You can find them with certain hashtags or searching for certain types of usernames, maybe with the, the word mom or dad or parent in, in the name. There's lots of different ways to find people on social media. And this is where social media becomes useful to you. Or maybe your target peeps love Pinterest and spend hours a day on it. Or maybe they watch lots of YouTube videos. Whatever it is, you need to find a way to get your business in front of their eyes. But ultimately here, your goal is not to, you know, post lots of cute things on social media, your goal is to get to know people using social media and funnel them to your email list. That's the key. You you want to eventually funnel them onto your email. Then that doesn't mean, you know, going around and spamming people with follow my email list, sign up for my email list. I have a free thing. Sign up for my email. Like that's obnoxious. Nobody wants you to do that. But 
it does mean being smart about how you are targeting people. Again, you know, go into the groups where your target market is, the people that you want to attract to your email list. Get to know them and then at appropriate times, mention you have an email list, you have a product that might interest them. And same thing if you're using you know, YouTube or whatever it might be. And of course, another thing you can do is you can always partner with other local businesses that have a similar niche as you, and they have a, like a complementary service to yours. So let me give you an example. Say you're offering a skincare product or a skincare course online. Say it's a course on like taking care of your skin after 40. Well, you could partner with another wellness business you know, who doesn't do skincare, but has a similar target market, like, you know, people over 40. That way you're teaming up to find potential clients and funnel them onto both of your email lists, you know, the email list of the partner business and, and your own, but you're teaming up together to like get, get the word out about your businesses. Just because you're an online business doesn't mean you can't team up with other businesses exactly the same way you might have done it when you were working at a brick and mortar location, like a clinic or a studio, right? You're just shifting it all online, that's all. And actually, this is a great way to make um, make friends with other business owners, which we'll, we'll get to more about that in the final episode, uh, which really gets released next week. Um, where we're going to talk uh, about, you know, five big recommendations I have for building an online business. And one of the things is about having a community, but more on that next week. So with email lists, getting people on your email list can be done in a number of ways. And it all depends on kind of your style and what you're thinking. Number one is you could offer freebie if they sign up. We mentioned that before. Now you have to be careful because People will sign up for the freebie and not be the least bit interested in your business beyond that. But it does help you build an email list of at least lukewarm leads. Because if people are interested in the freebie that you're sell that you're giving out, you're not selling it, you're giving it out. And the freebie is directly related to your business. So it's not something random. It's actually related to what your business is. So for example, on my website, I offer a freebie on the one uh, thing your website needs the most. And of course, as you know, I am a web designer. So, right, my freebie is directly related to what it is that I do. Your freebie could be a PDF of helpful tips, access to a video, anything that you think that people would want to have. And again, is directly related to what it is you're offering, um, you know, what you have for sale or, you know, what your, your uh, service is, that kind of thing. You could also offer a discount code if they sign up. This is super, super common if you have a product business. You see it all the time, right? Like big businesses do this. The Gap, I think, constantly is offering, you know, the Old Navy and those businesses are constantly offering discount codes. You can do the same if you want. If you have a product-based business, definitely you do the same. And the third way you could go is you could simply offer great emails. That's often done as well. Is you Sometimes all you need to do is is just keep them up to date with your business with genuinely interesting information, of course, not just like randomly typed up stuff. But, you know, you could give them useful business advice in each email if that's sort of what your business is about. So, you know, if you're becoming a online business coach, then you could give uh, small tidbits of free business advice. If you're a skincare consultant, you could give free little tidbits about skincare in each email. If you're a product business, then you could just update people on what products are available. That sort of is the way product businesses tend to go. But, 
Yeah. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is sort of build a relationship with people. And if you can make the emails interesting enough, people might actually be willing to sign up without a, like a freebie being given out, right? Now, a couple more things about email lists before we close off here. Um, once you have people on your email list, it's really important to make good on what you promised. If you said you're going to send over a freebie or a discount code or whatever, do it ASAP. Automate it if you can. Most of the email systems can. Um, but if you can't automate it, make sure you get that out fast, 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 fast. Like don't, don't make it like two weeks later and they finally get the freebie. It has to be ASAP. And if you said you were going to send weekly updates, actually send weekly updates. I mean, it's okay if you occasionally take a break. We all take breaks sometimes. Um, but don't say you're going to send weekly updates and end up sending monthly updates. Or don't say you're going to send monthly updates and end up sending daily updates. Like you just, it has to be what you told people they would be getting. Okay. Of course, that said, I, I should I should mention, if you do want to shift, say uh, you said you were going to do weekly updates, but you're just finding it to be a bit much. And so you're going to do monthly updates for now. Just give people a heads up. Let them know that it's changing. Um, and most people are completely understanding about that. Now, also, if you said you were going to have content about a certain topic, actually do that. Don't just write about anything random. I think I already mentioned that briefly earlier. But ultimately, what you're doing here by getting people on your email list is you're building trust. And you're helping people get even more interested and engaged with what your business is all about. What is it you're, that you're selling? What is your online business's purpose? And that will actually help you get sales or bookings. Your goal is to provide value to them. So if you're a product-based based business, it's okay to just, you know, sort of mention your products in every email because that's kind of the point. Um, but if you're a service-based business, it's a little bit different. The best rule of thumb is that if you send a weekly email, I would only explicitly sell your services once every four to six weeks. So once every four to six emails, really, really clearly sell whatever services it is you're, you have. You know, The other emails just provide tips and useful bits of information you know, based on your audience and like what it is that you're, you have to offer. Again, this is building trust and a relationship and it helps people go from reading your emails to actually making a purchase from you. Now, can you do all this with social media instead? Because you might be listening to this and going like, Candace, I can do that on social media. Why do I have to go through the trouble of building an email list? Well, the thing is, sure, you know, you could do it. But like we already said, being in someone's inbox is usually much more effective for getting them to actually go from reading to buying. Social media can be very effective if you already have that audience built up. You already have lots of people who know about your business and you already have steady customers or clients. Because again, we need people to pay us money for what it is we're offering, right? It's, but social media is a great way to interact with people and build further trust, assuming you're willing to put the time into it, respond to comments, respond to DMs, like other people's posts, you know, the social part of social media. But if you are just starting out, and I am assuming that 99% of you listening are, because that's what this series is all about, 
building a new online business. Social media is not the best place to spend your time and efforts. An email list is a much better place to focus your energy as it will actually bring you more income in the long run. And I will actually leave a link in the show notes about this for comparison. It's just a quick write-up from the people at ConvertKit, which is an email marketing uh, company. Yes, obviously you could say, yeah, but they're in the business of email marketing. Obviously they're going to say that. But when you see the actual data and know that it's not just them, there are lots of other people who have similar results, it might make you think a little bit more about, hey, you know, I think I do want to focus my efforts on getting people onto my email list, you know, to, to sell my product or service. And finally, before I wrap this up, If you need help with what specific email software to use, the email marketing package, I will leave a link in the show notes for you. It's just, you know, one perspective. It's the perspective from my business coaches, but it goes over three of the the most popular ones. In general, businesses just starting out can go with something like MailChimp um, or with the email software available with their online payment processor or booking software. Again, it obviously depends on the exact structure of your business. Are you a service? Are you a product? Are you on Shopify? Are you using Square? Are you using Jane to book people even though you're not seeing people in person? Like what kind of uh, software do you have in the background helping you run your company? If there's email marketing attached to it, probably you can start out just using that. If you don't have anything, MailChimp's a good option because it allows you to have a whole bunch of free subscribers. I do believe it's still 2,000 free subscribers um, before you have to start paying for the software for MailChimp. So that's a great starting point. You know, it's it's uh, it's easy. It doesn't require you to you set up a whole bunch of bells and whistles. And ultimately, that's what you want is just something simple. Get yourself started. Get yourself sending emails to people. So that's it for this week. As I hinted at earlier, we are going to talk about uh, five tips for uh, building your online business next week. Uh, but until then... Good luck with uh, building your audience, finding the right audience for your product, getting them on your email list, getting them to know your business and building a relationship with them so you can ultimately earn income because that's what this whole online business venture is all about, right? So yeah, until next week, take care and I'll be back with you real soon. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. 
Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.